Welcome to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fullick. People, organizations, and communities need to prepare for and respond to natural and man-made disasters in a timely manner and in the most effective way possible. Our program examines what is being done before, during, and after a disaster and those unexpected events to keep you in the know. Disasters can happen to anyone. The question is, when will it happen to you? Now, here is your host, business continuity and disaster planning expert, Alex Bullock. And welcome back to the show. Again, we are broadcasting live from Phoenix DRJ Conference this year. And my next guest is Anne Pickren. And you are from Onsolve, correct? Yes, I am. And if I read the card <coughs> right, you're the top dog. <laughs> Some days that's true. <laughs> yes, I am the president of Onsolve. Well, well, welcome to the show. I'm Thank glad you. you could spare some time to come talk to us. Mm-hmm. So what does Onsolve do? OnSolve is a company that focuses on communication and collaboration, one-to-one, one-to-many, around the globe. So uh, what was traditionally known as emergency mass notifications has just become a communication collaboration notification platform. So tell us about that, that platform. Well, that platform serves uh, many of the Fortune 1,000, 2,000. Uh, we have 37,000 customers, so uh, quite a few around the globe, some very local, very uh, focused on uh, just one use case, but others that utilize us for anything from those traditional duty of care notifications that save lives, save people, find missing children, um, community-based alerting. Um, also, commercial things like IT outages, operational alerts, supply chain, um, you name it when there's a need for communication and you want automation, so it's not required to be a manual component of what people do, they lean heavily to the OnSoft platform to do that. It's, so it's not just uh, <coughs> disaster or crisis. It can be used in other situations? Absolutely. It can be used for everything, and that's what I encourage people to do. It's awesome tool that started in the industry because of the abilities for emergency notifications, replacing the old call trees and manual yeah. dial rosters that we used to do. I used to do that. Oh, me too. <laughs> yep. me too. And I always dropped it somewhere along the way and couldn't make the connection. So um, it started there, but it moved many, many um, leaps and bounds into other areas of use inside of an organization. So when people think about um, what to do with a notification platform, I encourage them to think first about the primary use case they're trying to solve. But don't stop there. The return on investment really comes from looking for those things that allow you to, for instance, communicate with customers Mm -hmm. and identify or, or build a better customer experience because you're automating with your distribution and delivery systems uh, to know when there are delays, when there are ETAs for delivery of packages, etc. So for critical things like that, it's kind of those unusual use cases that can continue to drive us out from the core center of emergency and into operational, Internet of Things, a whole bunch of things there. Like those emails I get from Amazon, your order is now delayed. (laughs) (laughs) I get that quite a few times, actually. Or the ones that that come in to remind you of all your doctor's appointments and those text Mm -hmm. messages. Yes, it's really a common platform that people use for things like that as well. So how easy is it for users to to use that? Because uh, I'm assuming that everyone can use it. Governments, small business, large mm-hmm. business, you know, mm-hmm. depending on what they do. Well, 
how well, is I would, it? I would say that's a great thing that you mentioned that because uh, one of the things we're renowned for is ease of use. And that's really important because a lot of people, while they have all this technology in their hands, they don't use it every day, day in and day out. So when that time comes and there's an urgency of something, you really want to make sure it's very easy to use. So uh, the benefit of what we do is it can really be simplified for the user experience. And uh, a lot of cool things coming around user experience uh, in terms of the next few months that we're doing, but we've spent a lot of time investigating and uh, building a new user experience uh, design for what we're doing, but the whole key is ease of use. Ease of use on mobile, ease of use through you know a browser, an iPad, whatever that experience is, to make sure that it's going to work because I guess you would know and we all know that when those urgent situations hit, we forget all the things that we were trained. So you better be mm -hmm. able to naturally do uh, what you need to get done to make it successful. Well, I, I asked that for a reason because of what you just said that um, ease of use because there have been some applications over the past that aren't with us anymore that could do so much but they were so complicated mm -hmm. that when they were actually mm -hmm. needed people couldn't use them mm -hmm. so i'm with OnSolve, is it kind of um, out of the box type thing? Almost a, I don't want to say plug and play, but um, you know, uh, it, it's very intuitive for people to, to <coughs> learn and, and be able to use, start using it almost immediately. Yeah. The, um, it's kind of interesting when you watch. It's as simple as logging in and sending an alert that day. And it can be as well very, very robust. But everything is designed so you can take the general defaults of the system and all you have to do is put a couple of contacts in and you're off and running. Everybody talks about implementation time for these. And it can be as simple as, oh yeah, I, can, I can have you up and running you know, within an hour or two of signing a contract. Let's go, right? Yeah. But more importantly, what <coughs> organizations are doing, they spend a lot more time um, in data management the quality of their data and where it's coming from and we work hand in hand because that is the thing that will drive the success of any implementation. So um, it's, it's easy to use in a moment's notice. The value is what you've built in that system to make it very straightforward. And you, you mentioned default, so I assume there are default um, either messages or configurations that come with it. And then me as a customer, I can massage a little bit if I want to add something. You have free to form it. to do whatever you want to in terms of building your messages, saving them, uh, reusing them, etc. We provide libraries of samples, but my samples are never going to work for you because it's your culture and your company and how mm -hmm. you want to build those. And very important in what we do is it's sending the message and it's allowing you to ask for responses when it's appropriate that allow you to make better decisions. So at Unsolve, one of the things that we use as our North Star is the fact that if we can engage in an automated communication path in any kind of critical event, whatever's critical to you um, or me in that situation, if we can communicate in a better fashion, we're going to reduce the time to resolution or communication or of information to people. And that is going to lead to a better outcome. And that's our focus and what we do. Well, you, you mentioned an interesting point there about getting information back. 
because communication it has to be two way. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's a monologue, mm-hmm. right? It's you need dialogue. So, I, I'm assuming OnSolve, your 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 suite of application uh, and its functionality has an ability to track that. If you're sending me a message, and I've opened it up on my phone, I can't. You know, two days later, saying, "Oh, I never got your message." <laughs> you know, know. It's like your your application tracks. Like, yes, we yes, you did. I know <coughs> when it was delivered to that mobile handset or that email. Um, I know when you responded, and I also know that when you changed that message response, what you changed it. So you may say, um, "No, I'm not available to come to work today," you know, and then. Five hours later, pick a time. Oh, wait a minute. I now can get out of my home and I can travel. So, yes, I am available. So, yeah, we track all of that. It's a big issue with everybody to be able to do that, to track for health and safety reasons, what people are doing. That's actually an interesting example you just gave there. Um, because depending, it, we're at a disaster recovery conference. So it's in, we'll, we'll stick with that uh, for this comment here. Um, if you sent out a communication about a disaster, and I did say I'm unavailable because I've been impacted by this disaster, mm-hmm. that's my response, my mm-hmm. initial response. But your tool also allows me to respond a second time saying that I'm now available, you know, that my circumstances has changed. Right. You know, and that now I am available to do whatever it needs doing. So yeah. it really has a lot of capabilities. If people want to use those, they're not required, because remember, I want simple, but I also want appropriate for the situation, that if you respond and say, um, no, I'm not available to come to work, um, I need assistance, that we can then automatically interpret that response and ask another question. What type of assistance do you need? Is it transportation? Is it, you know, whatever? And, uh, and then we can take those and call to action. And then as well, if you say, I am available to come to work, it may be, do you need transportation to get there? What's your expected ETA? And all that information is what makes managing any crisis so much more complete. And that's the theme and, and premise that we operate under. So it's very flexible. Very much so, very you know, much and so. and uh, adaptable to the situation. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. As, using my example and what you just followed up on, one moment I'm not available, the next moment I am. Mm-hmm. You know, so it allows you to tailor communications. Okay, mm-hmm. if you're not, then I ask these. I can send these communications. Right. If you are, then these communications. Right. You know, and you, and it allows you as a let's say the crisis manager to know. Um, who's available, who's not, and where they are. Correct. And it also allows uh, things <coughs> like uh, kind of see and say. So we may think everything is fine. You may be walking down the halls of one of our facilities and see an issue. Someone suspiciously, suspiciously hanging around the building, take a picture, send it in, comes back through the notification platform and creates a call to action from the security team. So. There's so much more. I've been in this industry now for 20 plus years, watching notifications grow, and the platform we've done has just grown into a tremendously flexible and robust platform, but also addresses those very simplistic needs. So I know he's going to tell me we only have about a minute left. Mm -hmm. So is there anything... uh, you else you want to tell us about OnSolve you know, in the last minute and 
how do we get in touch with Onsolve if somebody out there wants to get more information? Oh, a minute? See, there Only goes a the minute. minute. There's the one minute sign. <laughs> so first of all, I will tell you, of all my years of working in the industry, Onsolve has the best set of subject matter specialist and consultative advice for all of our customers and uh, the most robust product in the notification industry. So we come tried and true and I uh, hope you'll give us a shot at onsolve.com, which is, take my southern accent out for a minute, uh, minute <laughs> O-N-S-O-L-V-E.com. Onsolve.com. Well, thank you for your time, Anne. Alex, I really thanks. appreciate uh, you giving us uh, your, your time here to come and talk with us. Great. And we are, again, recording live from Phoenix DRJ. We'll be right back. Bringing you around the world, right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com Join Voice America and host Alex Fullick for the DRJ Fall 2019 in Phoenix at the JW Marriott Desert Ridge as we broadcast live Monday, September 30th from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. The topics of the event are innovations in managing risk and resiliency. This is part of a three-day event featuring the top industry experts designed to keep your organization at the forefront of risk management. For more information, visit drj.com dot com forward slash fall 2019 or join us live on voiceamerica.com forward slash live events are you ready for a disaster if you are like many people in the world that answer may sadly be no disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day tune into preparing for the unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert alex bullock the show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment, and community for the aftermath, emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Conversation at a click of a mouse. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fuller. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. And welcome back to the show. We are broadcasting live from DRJ Phoenix 2019. My next guest is Mr. Kevin Glee, and you are from Service Master Recovery Management. Yes, sir. That is welcome correct. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Thank you, Alex. Thanks for having me over. So tell me a little bit about yourself and about Service Master Recovery Management. So I am um, a little bit of myself. I have a wife and four kids. Uh, first one just went off to college. 
I have been with Service Master pretty much all my life, and for the last seven years, I've been working with the Service Master Recovery Management Group. So, what does SRM do? So, we are the large loss commercial division of Service Master. Service Master does fire and water restoration. You're uh, the yellow, yellow van, the yellow vans with the green, greenish, yeah. green or blue. I forgot now. Green or blue, green, lettering, like a right? turquoise. Yeah. yeah, you are correct. You know. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So we are the large loss division. SRM is the large loss division of Service Master. We only do commercial work, and we've done that work um, around the U.S. and in 27 countries. So what do you do then? If uh, you know, because your commercial work, what happens? Uh, what, do you go to a site after a disaster, or what do you do? So what I do is I do a lot of sales and marketing um, for companies that um, have many facilities, and what I do is is speak to them about um, pre-loss agreements and being proactive instead of reactive, and having a plan up front. We will walk the facility. We'll take a look at that. What size generator they would need if the power went down where are the shutoffs where do we cut the water where do we turn off the electricity if if there is an event and um, there is no cost to that pre-loss agreement it's kind of like we're on retainer um, with no cost and then when they have an event we already know the facility we know what size generator we're going to need we know what we need to do there and we mobilize and we react and we get them back up and running as quickly as possible so you, you kind of have a list of, uh, you proactively get somebody's requirements, so mm-hmm. to speak. Exactly. And then when they do experience something where right. they need you, they pick right. up the phone, call you, you pack up the truck, and you go. Right. That's what we do. So you said you've been with them all your life. Were you involved with the uh, uh, blackout back in 2003, 2004? Um, yes. We were, um, we did um, back up a step. I Grew up in the business. My father was one of the ten, one of the first ten franchisees of Service Master back in the fifties. Um, and I've done, I've been an owner, I've been a manager, I've been um, an employee. I've done just about everything on all sides of the business. Um, we did the restoration of the Pentagon when the planes hit on 9/11. Oh, really? We did the uh, one of the jobs we did was the New York Aquarium when Hurricane Sandy hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did downtown Houston for Hurricane Harvey at the Wortham Center in the entertainment district of downtown Houston. All the parking garages for about 18 city blocks in Houston. Uh, last year, we were involved with Hurricane Michael, Hurricane Florence. And also at the same time, we did the <coughs> Columbia gas explosion that happened in Lawrence, Massachusetts, outside of Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were doing all those simultaneously. So that is a large network of operations, and that is. we still did not hit capacity. Oh, well, that's good. Yes. You know. Yes. So but that actually leads me to another question. Do you, as I mentioned, you have the requirements. You load up the truck and you you send it where it needs to go. Do you send people there who set it up, or do you? Um, deliver all the equipment, and then the client takes it from there. No, we we self-perform. We do all of the work. So what we, we like, for instance, um, you know, hurricanes are always forecasted, you know, a week, ten days out. So what we will do is is we'll kind of look at those models, and we will mobilize people, um, equipment, assets, into the area, and then we will notify our clients saying, okay, here's the cone of this hurricane. Here's where it's headed. You have 38 properties in line here. 
which ones should we prioritize with? Which ones do you want us to you know, begin to mobilize towards? Do you want us to start moving generators in for when your power goes out? And we kind of let them dictate to us what their thoughts and needs are, and then we follow through. With that. So they kind of put you um, put you on notice, right? That we yep. have a pending mm-hmm. situation here. They call yep. you up, and yep. then you pull up their file, and yep. And and we do, we <coughs> do that also because we have a um, we have a storm center that's going to track that storm and see where it's going to go, and then we will alert them, saying, "Hey, you know these this you have this amount of um, assets in the path of this hurricane." So you do it proactively as yes. well. You don't just wait for them to call no. you. No. And when, when we move in, even if they say, well, we're going to wait and see what happens, we will still move people in. You know, we, we'll, so, for instance, um, Hurricane Dorian, um, we had people in Tampa and Orlando prior to that making landfall. So we get close, but not at risk. Okay, right. so we, did, we didn't hang out on, you know, West Palm Beach to watch this thing hit. Um, we, you know, were inland a little bit or on the west coast of Florida, and then it actually turned and went north and didn't affect Florida at all. So then we followed it up into the Carolinas and talked to our clients there, and once it had, the danger had passed, then we, there was no work, so we returned home. So is there, um, like, a central location or something? Using Florida as the example there that you just gave. Is there a location in Florida where everything is housed and then you you mobilize people out? Or is it because you mentioned franchise at the beginning that, no, there's a franchise in these uh, Tampa and Miami, I think you, you mentioned. Mm-hmm. You know, there's franchises there already. They mobilize. How um, does that work? We, um, we will mobilize from around the country to the area. And then we'll put people up in housing or hotels. Um, we will bring in... Um, like we will stage tractor trailers and we will stack um, generators and things like that um, wherever is necessary. And mm-hmm. sometimes we will use a service master franchise location um, outside of the target area just okay. to kind of stage our, our things. So that's going to be my yeah. next question. So, like a staging area. Yeah. So <clears throat> so we'll we'll you know use our contacts and in, in, in our network to stage assets prior to um, the storm coming. So how do you manage that if, if um, you know, you gather all the requirements so you know what they need? Do you have, like, a huge warehouse somewhere that's got full of servers or, or power generators or something? Do you, you know, and, and then if you do, don't tell me where, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> I, I don't want you. anyone knowing that, you know. <laughs> but, you know, is that how, how that model works? No? Um, well, through, through the network of Service Master franchises, um, you know, we have, we have an enormous amount of assets, supplies, equipment, and we will move that into the area as necessary and where we think we're going to need it. Um, we don't have one central staging area. Mm, it's, okay. it's, it's scattered throughout the country. Okay. So uh, with um, Service Master, you said you, with, it's always commercial, right? Yeah. On our, well, on our you, side. For, sorry, your right. side is My commercial. side is always sorry. commercial. So yeah. SRM is only commercial. Okay. So the, the, the commercial side of things. Is it, um, do you deal with um, clients one-on-one or do you deal with, uh, you know, big buildings and, you know, we take care of the whole building, which could have multiple clients? Um, How well, does that work? Well, we would do, um, we do a lot with property management companies. Ah, okay. So a property management company may have a building in downtown Phoenix here that may be made up of 15 different tenants. Okay. So um, our relationship with the property management company um, would bring us into the building. But then, depending on what that lease says, 
you know, it, it may be up to the to the tenant to determine what they need. And okay. and in some situation where it's um, you know a build the suit, mm-hmm. um, you know they they may have their own um, you know provider who's going to take care of it right. for them. So so it all it all depends on the situation. But we have um, you know we do a lot of medical, we do a lot of um, hospitals, um, assisted living, uh, we do a lot of retail, uh, property management companies. Um, so it's a it's a whole it's across the across the board as far as the commercial industry. You mentioned hospitals. Do you get involved with um, first responders as well? When they like, do they call you and say, "Hey, we have a situation here. We need your help." You know, does that happen a lot? Or? Um, sometimes, and sometimes we're the first responder. For um, Hurricane Katrina, the Biloxi Medical Center, we were the ones that were actually cutting down the trees in the road to get to the hospital. So sometimes we're the first ones in. Oh. Um, so it's, I mean, we, we do whatever needs to be done to take care of the client. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, so how uh, he's going to tell me two minutes and just a few seconds, I'm sure. Is there anything? We got two timeouts left, though, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't we have timeouts? Yeah, see, there's the two minutes. <laughs> um, so, in the, the last two minutes, is there anything you want to tell us about service uh, SRM, Service Master, that we um, didn't touch on here? Um, yes. Uh, the, one other thing we do is, is, is we. we we kind of profess to be proactive instead of reactive. So we will will have a pre-loss agreement with with companies. And and basically, it's just a basic, simple agreement that says, you know, if you have an event, we will be there. And we'll have standard SLAs set up that we will adhere to. Um, And those are the people that we like to work with because they are the ones that are prepared. And those are the ones that know what it is to go through an event and the importance of getting back up and running as quickly as possible. So... If, what if somebody wants to get in touch with, with you, uh, you know, SRM Service Master? Because like me, I'm sure a lot of people remember the yellow vans. Right. You know, but what if they want to reach out and get more information or, or maybe do one of these uh, agreements? Um, www.srmcat.com. Is SRMcat? The SRMcat, C-A-T, as C-A-T. in catastrophe. Catastrophe. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. And then um, um, they can email me at, at kclee at srmcat.com. Oh, yes. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your time, Kevin. It's been a great Alex. pleasure having you on the show. Pleasure to and, meet you. And uh, like I said, I, I, I do know the Vans. Um, I think I've known knew someone a few years ago who worked for uh, um, uh, the industrial, not the industrial, what do you call it, the other side, if it's... Residential. The residential. Residential. I was having a brain fart. Yeah. You know, the residential side who was uh, working when people had floods in their basements. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know, they, yep. you guys are the guys to call. Right. right on exactly. That side. Well, I know exactly. that's not what you do, yes. but I mean, that's what, right. what they right. do. Well, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate you coming here. And uh, again, if anyone needs to uh, be in touch, uh, reach out to srmcat.com. Right. I got it right. 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 Or okay. srmcat.com. They can email me. Great. Well, thanks for your time again, Kevin. And we are recording live from Phoenix DRJ. We'll be right back. Bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com Join Voice America and host Alex Fullick for the DRJ Fall 2019 in Phoenix at the JW Marriott Desert Ridge as we broadcast live Monday, September 30th from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. The topics of the event are innovations in managing risk and resiliency. This is part of a three-day event featuring the top industry experts designed to keep your organization at the forefront of risk management. For more information, visit drj.com. 
youtube.com forward slash fall 2019 or join us live on voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. Disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune into Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert, Alex Fullick. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment and community for the aftermath, emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Conversation at a click of a mouse. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fuller. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. And welcome back to the show. We are broadcasting live from Phoenix DRJ 2019. And my next guest is representing one of the big, big guys, IBM, Mr. Aaron Reed. Aaron, welcome to the show. Alex, thanks for having me. Now, my executive producer said you have some big, long title. Can you... <laughs> and everyone started laughing. So, uh, you know, what, what is your title with IBM? All right. Well, if you're ready for it, here it is. So I am Manager North America, IBM Resiliency Services. IBM Cloud Resiliency Orchestration and Cyber Incident Recovery. Uh, how many business cards does it take to get that on? Alex, I don't even bother with business cards anymore. It's too darn long. It's a waste of our money for me to print them out. So uh, <laughs> I know it, it's a bit of a mouthful. I think uh, the important thing is that you know where I'm really focused on, though I'm responsible for the entirety of the IBM portfolio, which, as you know, is, is large and expansive. Mm-hmm. We've been doing it for years and years. Um, there's a strategic shift in the industry and, in, in, you know, in what we're all concerned about in that it was traditionally the, the, the major things, a hurricane, earthquakes, fires in your yep. data centers. Yep. The landscape has significantly changed now, obviously, with the advent of cloud and, and workloads moving to the cloud. But also one of the bigger concerns is, is cyber breach, cyber incident, ransomware attacks. Um, mm-hmm. And what we call right of the boom or the, the event where you get hacked or the ransomware event, what do you do? post the event, you know, how do you recover from that? So that's really what my team focuses on primarily, uh, is a cyber incident recovery, and then the other advent in our industry is the automation of recovery, what we call resiliency orchestration. So right. you know, you've got cloud, you've got on-prem, you, you might have Amazon, you might have Microsoft, you might have IBM cloud, you might have equipment on-prem in a data center. How do I orchestrate the recovery of all those a- assets you know, across such a hybrid and, and, and diverse landscape? So our orchestration technology is something that helps our clients to do just that. 
Now, your team, because uh, I asked you just before we started, is doing a, uh, a workshop or a presentation, right, here at DRJ? We do. In fact, we've got three, three. different sessions okay. here at DRJ. Um, we have a speaker in the main tent uh, speaking on hybrid platform, multi-cloud multi recovery, which I just touched on. His name is Joe Starjik, a senior guy with IBM, been in the business for a very long time. Um, he's speaking on Wednesday, 9.30 to 10.30. Um, then we also had a demonstration earlier today on that orchestration tool I just touched on, um, a live demonstration of it, and we'll have another one tomorrow from 12 to 1, really walking our clients and you know, our prospective clients through what does it mean to automate recovery mm -hmm. um, and opening the eyes on how much that can help you both from a recovery point and recovery time objective standpoint, um, and obviously removing the human error element. And the other aspect of that, not just removing that error, but if you think about the impacts of a, of a disaster, you know, I know, you know, and I live and breathe these things, but if, if, you know, if I'm a BCDR professional and something significant happens, the first thing I'm going to think about is my family and not how to recover that database, right? That's so right. we, we yeah. want to really focus on, okay, how do we really put that recovery and automate that process, both so we can let our employees be worried about themselves in the event of a significant outage, and B, to enhance the, the way we can rapidly deploy that recovery, and second, to avoid any mistakes, right? Because the other aspect is, now, when we do get our personnel and our teams on the ground during a disaster, that's a very high-pressure situation. Mm -hmm. And most mistakes happen under high-pressure situations. And we have to be careful what we're asking of our employees, right? You know, they, they, we go through exercises, we practice these things, but it's not something we're faced with daily. So when something significant happens, um, the fewer key fingers you have on keyboard, the likely better, right? Well, uh, even when you're doing those uh, practice exercises or tests, whatever you want to call them, you're still under some sort of... Um, uh, guidelines where you can only go so far. Exactly. You know, so we do, we don't want to touch production. We, right. we we can't touch this system because it's hot, so we can't use that right now. Right. So how do you go about you know removing that human element? I don't say removing the human right. element, but reducing the uh, impact of having a a, um, a human mistake. Right. Well, and it's a great question. That First, you make a good point. We're not looking to replace. I think if you look at any industry or any client, any market, in most cases, the DR team is wearing two hats. They're, they're, there might be one or two folks who are dedicated to disaster recovery and mapping the plan, but those who are executing the recovery procedures, standing up the applications and the infrastructure, that's not their day job, right? That's something that they also have to do in addition to their day jobs. Mm -hmm. So the orchestration automation helps us also redeploy those assets to focus more on production, keeping production running, and really focusing on enhancement to production as opposed to, for those of us who are in the, in the industry, you know, when you have your exercise scheduled on, you know, January 25th, it, it's not like the work starts on the 25th, right? The work starts four months prior to that, mm -hmm. where you're mapping out application interdependencies, making sure that configs haven't changed, you know, patches are all across the board, DR is matching with production, and if you're anything like me, every time you talk to somebody, you know, no, production does not match DR anymore. No, Oops, no, we forgot to communicate yeah. that. Oh, shoot, you know, so... With our automation technology, we help avoid all of that. We help to, to have our, our expensive resources focus on the things that we want them to, and DR, we can automate that process. Not to say that DR isn't important to focus on, mm -hmm. um, but it's one of those things where it, it serves the company better when we can automate the process a little bit more. So it, it, it's... Uh, even though you're saying automate the process, what it really is is kind of a change management protocol. Right. There's a, so there's a lot of things, and, I, and I'm being very broad when I say automate the process. So there's multiple layers to that. Um, in, I think when you look at the grand picture of things, what we're taking, taking today is we are taking those playbooks that we've developed internally, 
you know, our, us being our clients, um, executing on steps. And if you look at a playbook, you'll likely see that it's recover this database, do this. It's not very specific though. It's not something you could hand off and hand to anybody else and say, recover this with this playbook. Um, so the process has to be much more refined. So what we're doing is we're helping A to refine that process. Then over right. the course of that, we're able to put this in such a fashion where we can use our tool to automate those steps. Right? And if you think about a single application recovery, you know, it's not one or two steps you got to take. There's hundreds, if not thousands, of individual steps you have to take to recover an application oh, yeah. by have, itself. Have you ever seen the, uh, um, the steps to recover a mainframe? Right, exactly. I, I've seen a process flow I've for known that? someone who, who wrote that, and that binder literally was inches thick. Exactly. Know, with thousands of lines. And it was a binder. It was a physical piece of thing where it wasn't a shared community where everybody could, it was making sure things were consistent and changes yeah. in production were captured. So there's a lot of issues in, in our industry, the DR world, that I think that our orchestration technology that we're leading with now really helps us solve. One of them is that binder methodology you talked about, right? Now that's kept in a binder somewhere. It needs to be updated. Our tool provides a single platform where you can have all of that contained, right? can be easily accessed. And we're writing the playbooks in such a way that you know, our tools can automate recovery um, and look at ways where we can remove the dependency on people so the people can focus on their families in the event of an emergency and they can focus on production enhancing and adding other business value and let the DR handle be handled by an orchestration technology. So how do you go about starting off with that? Let's say I'm a new, new, new client mm -hmm. uh, and I'm looking at, at, to automate some things. What do you guys do? You, know, you come into my business and you do what? It's a great question. And each business will be different. Um, and the reason I say that is financial services are obviously highly regulated. So there are things that are very important to them that may not be as important to a client, say in a distribution sector or mm -hmm. less regulated sector. Typically though, what we would start to do is, I, this is certainly a, a crawl, walk, run approach from an orchestration automation perspective. This is not something you want to take as one big shop and, and mm -hmm. commit to the business, we'll have this automated in six months. That's unrealistic. <laughs> that right? doesn't happen. Right? Ever. So, it so, doesn't matter what the project is. That doesn't happen. Exactly. <clears throat> um, so what we would typically look at, um, and, and as you would at any disaster recovery conversation, you want to focus on the things that have the greatest impact to your business should they be gone, or a business impact analysis. If I'm without this application, this application, and this application, I cannot collect money or send a product or send a widget, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. uh, and those are typically your primary. So that's where we want to start. We want to pick an application or set of applications that are most critical to the organization and start there. So do, do you start with a BIA like yourselves, or do you... Um, do some other sort of thing because you're focused on technology, right? Right. So, so and BIA is just by its name, business right. impact assessment. So how do you determine, you know, where do you start? So the usually the, the ultimately always comes down to money, right? So how do I how <laughs> do I fund a project like this, money, right? Yeah. So <laughs> in our world. And the clients may vary. We have some clients, obviously, who are very, very mature, right? They've done their business impact analysis. They know that this application being down costs me this much money every hour. Therefore, I need to invest this much to uh, mitigate the risk of that machine being down. It's the same concept here, right? The high value applications are the ones you want to automate because that means our quickest point of recovery. So the, the advent of automation does a couple of things. It, it solidifies our ability to recover. It also has a significant impact on our recovery point and recovery time objectives. So you're, mm -hmm. you're significantly lowering that, which means you want to focus on the applications that would benefit from that. Um, so what we'll do is we'll, again, take those applications that are most business critical, usually start there. And that way we can quantify back to the business, hey, we started with this application, this application, 
we've brought in the RPOs and RPO, RTOs down to here. This is how much better we're able to do this. We can quantify that value and then go back to the business for more funding to do it as another. So you start with tier zero, tier one, go your way up the stack. And, and I guess you also identify the dependencies too. Yes, because, yes. you know, this is our most important application. Well, that's great, but it's not going to work unless this one is right. up. And know. not only <clears throat> interdependency, but sequence of events, mm -hmm. right? So yes. that's the other value of automation is you can, you can automate the workflow process. So this right. needs to be up before this is up, before this is up, or there may be a case where my workflow has 15 parallel activities, where I can do all of these things at one time, do what we call a fork, and then rejoin. So execute those in parallel, then rejoin those back into the overall application stack. Right. So depending on the application, there's lots of ways to tackle that. Well, he's going to tell me uh, in just a few seconds, we only have one minute left. So is there anything you want to tell me about uh, what you do with IBM or, and the services you provide? There's the, there's the one, one <laughs> well, minute signal well, right there. You were very good at predicting <clears throat> that. Right? I can tell as soon as he walks over here. <laughs> yeah, I would say, you know, IBM has been in the resiliency services game for 40 years, 60 years if you take into account what we've done for ourselves internally. And we are a massive global footprint, 400,000 employee organization. So we are very good at recovery. We are also, I think, with the issue we're facing right now is we, people consider IBM the very traditional recovery. What I think is important for them to realize is how much investment we continue to make in resiliency services. I think this is evidence in our investment in resiliency orchestration. This is evidence in our investment in cyber incident recovery. This is evidence in our investment in cyber vault technologies. So the other piece is to really recognize that IBM has pivoted just as the industry has from the traditional concerns that we all used to face with DR, that in addition to now this new landscape we're faced with, the cyber threats, the incidents, the ransomwares, mm -hmm. the hacks, et cetera, et cetera. How do you prevent against that? How do you mitigate that risk exposure? And that's still something we're all trying to figure out. And then you add on top of that, right? Multi-cloud environments, you've got GCP Azure, IBM Cloud, mm -hmm. you know, Azure, it just gets complicated and complicated. And it's, you know, our lives are not getting easier in the DR world. They're getting harder, right? Cloud didn't solve our problems. It added some more, <laughs> more issues to it. So that's right. I, I think that the big thing is for people to recognize that IBM continues to invest in resiliency services. And again, that's evidenced by the new technologies we continue to roll out. Well, thank you very much, Aaron, for Alex, your time. You. A great spokesperson it. for IBM. Well, thank you. Hopefully, get me a job for another day. Then. <laughs> <laughs> we are broadcasting live from DRJ Phoenix 2019. We'll be right back. Bringing you around the world, right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com Join Voice America and host Alex Fullick for the DRJ Fall 2019 in Phoenix at the JW Marriott Desert Ridge as we broadcast live Monday, September 30th from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. The topics of the event are innovations in managing risk and resiliency. This is part of a three-day event featuring the top industry experts designed to keep your organization at the forefront of risk management. For more information, visit drj.com dot com forward slash fall 2019 or join us live on voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. Disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune into Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert, Alex Bullock. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment and community for the aftermath, emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in 
Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Conversation at a click of a mouse. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fuller. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. Welcome back to the show. We are broadcasting live from DRJ Phoenix 2019. My next guest is Mr. and I'm going to say this wrong even though I <laughs> practiced it beforehand. David Grosh. David Gresh. That's Gresh. That's typical. David Gresh <laughs> from Viochi. Correct. That's an interesting name, Viochi. Yes, it's uh, got a little uh, Italian flavor to it, Viochi. That's what, that's what <laughs> I was thinking, Viochi. So tell us about Viochi. What do you do with yeah. them, and what does Viochi do? Yeah, Viochi is um, a, somewhat of a new player on the BC market. We've been around for eight years, actually much longer, because our team came from General Electric about uh, 17 years ago, working together at GE, and then they branched off from GE to form their own company, focus on something that's a little different than most of the other companies here are doing today. We're an all-in-one system that doesn't only do the business continuity, but it does the crisis management, does the disaster recovery, it does the notification, and, and it also does what we call um, uh, downtime procedures, which allows companies to actually mimic their procedures in our software. So if their system does go down, they're able to actually use our system to uh, continue their work. We've had a number of uh, companies uh, that have a ransomware attacks, and they've used our software for up to three or more weeks to actually continue to run their applications and soft systems. Oh, nice. So it's, it does a lot more than just uh, what the typical company does here. We call it an all-in-one system. Uh, it, it, like I mentioned, it does the notification, it does the, uh, it does mapping as well, and it has a very strong... Now, what do you mean by mapping? Mapping. So we take... Uh, your uh, sample, um, your Google Maps. Mm -hmm. So you can put all your locations on the map, all your people on the map, all your resources, your facilities, and you can do geofencing. So if you have to do a notification, you can go right to those people that you're interested in where that activity is happening, where that incident is happening. Oh. So it makes it much easier for you to uh, find the right people, find your right resources for that spe specific situation. Now you said, uh, does that tie in with business continuity plans as well? Correct. Or? 
So we have all of this all-in-one program is all on one interface, one database, so everything is integrated. So it makes it every, all your data is there, all your people are there. You don't have to go grab it from different systems. Though we are, do integrate to systems like ServiceNow with APIs and other applications you might have, Workday or SAP mm -hmm. or Oracle. So you can bring all that data in as well very easily. So it's all integrated. You have your BBC plans, you have your emergency management plans in the system. They're sharing the same data, so you don't have to pull in things from every place else and try to integrate that yourself. Now, you, you mentioned that it can integrate and pull in uh, business continuity plans. If I had your application, can I start in? The, the application oh, right. and so build, we have build our, it as well? Correct, so we have, uh, you start with us or you can start with your own, but we mm -hmm. have the, you can put your, we can build your business continuity plans in our system. Oh, okay. So it's a very flexible system. It's all drag and drop and, and point and click. So you don't need to bring in your IT consultants uh, or even us necessarily. You can build your own plans yourself and you can change those plans very easily in the future uh, yourself. Uh, it's a very modern system. Uh, so you can just do the drag and drop, create your own fields, create your own dashboards, your own workflows, your own reports, everything you need within the system very easily yourself. So I can get started right away. It, right it away. It's very so, easy to... So that's to the nice thing about it. It's, uh, some people have their own... You can start right away with our system uh, with uh, kind of a template mm -hmm. or the system can match your processes identically and configure the system to your specific needs very readily. And as things change in the future, it's very easy for you to make those changes within the software yourself. Oh, nice. Now, the, you mentioned notifications. So with notification system uh, that you have in here as well, is it strictly for crises and disaster, or can you use it beyond that? You could use it beyond that too, but we generally it's specifically for the crisis and notification. We also have conference calling in the software. So you can bring your people together on a phone call from wherever they are in the world very readily. You know, you're not going to do that to all 50,000 people at United Airlines, for example, uh, but you're, you're going to bring in a core team to make sure they're all right. on the same page. Which you can configure and set up ahead of time. Correct. Does it integrate with any, or is there the potential um, for it to integrate with other software? Because if, if your notification is for uh, emergencies and I had something that, let's say, I use for business as usual right. type communications, can they integrate? Uh, right. you know, is that the potential? I shouldn't right. say one So even though I mentioned it does all these different things, BC and crisis management and everything else, you can bring any one of those components that you may already have and we integrate to those systems. So you can have you know, one of the other leaders in the notification area and we can uh, send information to them or receive information to them so you can start your crisis in either location and manage it from either site. So it can be very flexible. Oh, it's know, extreme. The, the Flexibility is our key. Uh, so you can build your plans, you can bring in, in other uh, applications, you can do anything you really need, and you can build workflows. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was talking about those uh, downtime procedures. Yep. So you can create your workflows so you can mimic your applications very readily. Well, that's great. Um, so this is relatively new? Or well, the system said, or? has been around for eight years. We just came on to the uh, Gartner Magic Quadrant this past week, as a matter of fact. Uh, the system, uh, we're it's listed, I think, on there as our company name, which is Graywall Software, but our uh, product name is Viochi. So there may be a little confusion about that. Oh, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to clarify that. So uh, what if somebody wants more information? 
Uh, they can contact myself, David Gresh. I'm uh, regional director for sales, uh, in, and I'm out of Chicago. Uh, Is there a website? And there's a website, voc.com. So that, that's for spelling, just in case anyone uh, want, wants to know. It's V-E-O-C-I.com, right? right? V is in Victor, E-O-C-I. Is there, um, we got two minutes left. Is there anything else you want to tell us about Viochi and, and the company or the, the software? <laughs> right, yeah. just that it's uh, easy to use, it's very flexible, and it can address all the needs that you might have. We conform to your processes. You don't need to conform to the way the software works. Well, that's pretty concise and, uh, you know, right to it, you know. And I guess that addresses some of the challenges, uh, you know, people here at DRJ have. Oh, is, certainly. You know, the complexity of some uh, some of the applications that are out there. Right. And, and we've replaced a lot of the older app, the applications that are out there um, with with our software. And you'll see that uh, when, you, when you talk to some of our customers. Well, that's great. You know, it's been great to talk to you, David. Gresh, see? I got it <laughs> you right got it this right. Time. Thanks, Alex. From Viochi, and check them out at viochi.com. David, thank you for your time. Uh, thank you, great Alex. To, uh, great to have you on the show and talk about what you do. And I had to, I had to admit, Viochi, I hadn't heard that name before. <laughs> yeah, you'll I, hear a lot more of it. Can't wait to hear, hear what this one is. I'll come yeah. by and see our demo at the booth. I will. <laughs> uh, you know, hopefully, I will have time soon to be able to wander around, but I think I still got an hour to go. Oh, they won't, these guys behind me won't let me go yet. Oh, it goes on so. tomorrow, too, you know. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, I'll take that time and go. All right. Thanks for, again, David. Thank you. And we are recording live from DRJ in Phoenix 2019. We'll be right back. Thank you for joining us for Preparing for the Unexpected. Please tune in for another edition featuring your host, Alex Bullock, next Thursday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you here next week.